welcome back to Basic Bible 101. In our last podcast, we left off with Jesus thrown into the tomb kind of hastily as they were preparing for the Sabbath. And Sabbath usually runs Friday night to Saturday night for most uh, Jews. And so we presume that that's the way it was then. So, uh, and because they, people were not allowed to touch a dead body or anything on Sabbath, uh, then on Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene, she was one of the women that loved Jesus very much and um, kind of hung out with the women that followed Jesus. Um, she decided that she was going to go up and actually go through the burial process, you know, where they'd put um, herbs and oils on the body and perfumes and then wrap it with a special kind of grave clothing since this was the first chance she'd had to do that. Now, I don't think she really knew how she was going to move the stone because they had rolled a stone in front of the uh, grave. Now, the way they did graves back then is not the way that we in the American culture do it, which is dig a hole in the ground. At that time, they would dig um, dig out uh, caves in uh, the side of a hill, and then they would just put a big stone over the edge of the uh, cave, and that was to seal it off. Now, um, in Jesus' case, because they were afraid something was going to happen, uh, the Romans had uh, stationed guards at the out, outside Jesus' grave just to make sure, you know, they'd heard the rumors that Jesus said he would uh, rise again on the third day, and so they weren't taking any chances. And so his uh, the soldiers were there uh, pretty much just to kind of make sure nothing uh, fishy went on. And so you have Mary Magdalene going up to the tomb. We're going to start in John chapter 20. Last week we were in the end of Luke, and you can certainly read the account uh, in Luke. But um, John has a little more abbreviated version, and, and it's pretty good. Um, but before we get to that, turn to Matthew 27. There were some strange things that happened at Jesus' death. And if you'll remember, uh, he sort of gave up his spirit. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And gave up his spirit. And at that moment, um, Matthew 27 and verse 53, it talks about... Let's, in fact, let's read it. Verse, 20, uh, verse 53 of 27. They came out of the tomb. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Actually, we need to start before that. Um, at the moment, okay, when he cried out in his loud voice, he gave up his spirit. And this is in verse 51. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks split and the tomb broke open and the bodies, tombs broke open and the bodies of holy people who had died were raised to life and they came out of the tombs and after Jesus' resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Okay, probably you have not heard that in, if you're a new believer, uh, it's not a place that <laughs> most uh, teachers dwell. Uh, it's kind of a strange story. But let me talk about the temple uh, curtain being torn in two. When, at the very beginning when we started the New Testament, we talked about John the Baptist's father being uh, one of the ones who worked in the Holy of Holies, which is in the most precious place that only once a year one of the priests, and usually it was the high priest, was allowed to go behind and make intercession for the sins of the people. And this was uh, blocked off with a curtain. Then outside that was another holy area, and that's where different priests worked. Now, when the Holy of Holy, when the um, 
once a year when the high priest went behind the curtain, they would tie a, a rope onto his legs so that if anything should happen, like God struck him dead, they could just pull him out and, you know, get the body back. So um, we know that, that uh, their belief was that this was a sacred place. This was holy. This was God himself behind this curtain. And so the symbolism of the curtain being torn in half um, shows the significance that now man and God could be reunited, that we didn't need an intercessor anymore. We didn't need a priest to go and uh, make intercession for us because Jesus paid for our sins and made us, in God's eyes, um, holy and and worthy of going uh, being in his presence so um, so that's kind of weird the next part of that where it talks about people coming out of their tombs and walking into town and I've always thought that was a very strange passage I'm not really sure what that signifies however it's listed in the Bible and you should know that it's there and it does make it very interesting that people have referred to this little incident in lots of different ways I'm not going to go there because I honestly don't know and haven't done any deep study of why these people were raised from the dead. But uh, there is an understanding that Jesus went into hell and preached the gospel uh, before he raised into heaven. And I think that is written in one of the other gospels. So some strange things went on at his death. And then when Sunday comes and Mary Magdalene is up approaching the place where she knew they threw the body, she notices that there is no stone. The stone has been rolled away. And so this is odd to her. And we see in um, John chapter 20, go back to John, and we will read this passage about uh, what has happened. Okay, uh, John 21 through 8. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. Usually when John writes that, it means him. Uh, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So they think that somebody stole the body of Jesus. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb and both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter. Basically, John is saying, I got there first and reached the tomb first. And he bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, uh, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who had been behind him, arrived and went into the tomb, and he saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been surrounding Jesus' head. So apparently they had done kind of a quickie, wrap him up and throw him in the tomb, uh, the least they could do. But Mary had gone back to, you know, redo this the right way. But they see all the cloths are lying there. And they think that's kind of strange. And the cloth was folded up by itself and separated from the linen. Finally, the other disciples who had reached the tomb first also went inside, and he saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. All right, so when the disciples went back to their homes, oh, then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. All right. All she knows is that the body of Jesus is gone, and she has loved him, and now she can't even pay her proper respects. And it's almost like someone has, um, well, you know how you would feel if somebody you deeply loved had been dug up from a grave and their body had been taken. Uh, it's such a violation. 
And as she wept, she bent over and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And they asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they put him. And at this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, Why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned toward him and cried out in Arabic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have yet, not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. Okay, now imagine that you're one of the disciples, and here's this, you know, they had just been up there, they knew his body was gone, and now Mary comes back saying, hey, hey, I saw him. And so they, I don't know if they believed her or if they thought that maybe she imagined that she saw him or what, but then, you know, from here on out, it's, Jesus appears to his disciples in various um venues and so I find it kind of neat that Jesus first appeared to Mary Magdalene I think that um, obviously she loved him and she was the first to go and search for him and so I think that that was um, really neat that Jesus decided to let her know hey it's going to be okay and then the next we hear that Jesus is t um, two of the disciples are walking along this roadway and uh, someone just kind of pops up next to them and starts talking with them and turns out that that's Jesus and they he eventually reveals himself as Jesus. So we see Jesus in all kinds of interesting um, uh, just appearances. Now if you were to read the same story in the other Gospels they're all a little bit different. They include some things, leave some things out. Um, the reason for this I believe is it depends on who is writing the story. Uh, it's kind of like if you uh, can remember back, well, where were you when 9-11 happened in, in the United States or the Kennedy assassination? Or if you have witnessed a serious auto accident, you would see the story differently than somebody who was at another place or at a different corner or um, who had a different uh, view of what was going on. And so that is kind of what's happening here. Each of the disciples that have that wrote a gospel uh, is writing based on what they perceive. Now Luke is pulling together different pieces. And so his account might be a little bit more trying to pull in what everyone has said. Um, the reason I like John's gospel is because uh, since he was one of the ones that ran there first, uh, I think it's probably one of the more, the truer. Uh, not that the others aren't true, it's just that somebody else saw things differently. And really the differences are, are fairly minor, but just so you know that. Okay, now there was a disciple who was not there when Jesus originally appears to the others who are kind of in this room, uh, you know, mourning Jesus' death. And uh, his name is Thomas. And though the other disciples see Jesus and they know it's him and they're all excited and they try to tell Thomas that Jesus appeared to them. And Thomas is rightful, you know, rightfully a bit skeptical. And his attitude is, you know what, if I don't see the body and feel the, the wounds on his palms, then I just, I'm not going to believe it. 
So he is known as Doubting Thomas, and, and his uh, doubts are uh, set aside when Jesus does show up, and he says to, to uh, Thomas, Here, see the palm of my hands, and see that I am really Jesus, and I, am, I have risen from the dead. And so then uh, Thomas believes. Um, let's see, there are several instances of when Jesus shows up. He's um, on the beach cooking when the disciples come in from trying to catch fish. And so they come in and they have some lunch and realize, oh, that's Jesus. Now, his appearance must be slightly different because sometimes they have trouble actually recognizing him right away. Uh, but yet it is a, a body that um, they can hug obviously Mary Magdalene grabs onto him and holds onto him so we do see a little bit about the resurrected body um, let's see uh, turn to John 21 and let's uh, look at another story um, that's taking a place about this time in verse 15 uh, we see that Jesus is um, eating with Peter and uh, Simon Peter he says to Simon Peter Simon son of John do you truly love me more than these yes Lord he said you know that I love you Jesus said feed my lambs again Jesus said Simon son of John do you truly love me he answered yes Lord you know that I love you Jesus said take care of my sheep the third time he said to him Simon son of John do you love me Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time do you love me he said Lord you know all things you know that I love you and so remember what we talked about last week of Peter's denial of Christ three times well here he is able to tell Jesus the same number of times I love you and and I'm you know I'm here and I will feed your sheep okay and by that he means I will take care of the believers I will uh, encourage them and grow the ministry okay so let's turn to some other things here important uh, the importance of the resurrection you know the Jews had made up a story about how Jesus body was stolen after the earthquake that the Roman soldiers had fallen asleep and um, you know today some people do not believe that Jesus really came back from the dead uh, we have talked over all the stories of who Jesus was some say he was a great teacher others a prophet still others believe that he was a God but maybe not the God and so I challenge you today to think who do you believe that Jesus was uh, had you been there and you had touched him uh, his palms and saw the wounds would you have believed or would it have taken uh, would you have believed from the beginning or you know as soon as uh, you had heard Mary Magdalene's story or uh, you know what would it have taken for you to believe that Jesus and what does it take for you now today to believe that Jesus uh, rose again uh, it's important to the Christian faith that we understand and accept the resurrection of Christ because it is the uh, cornerstone upon which we build our faith in other words if Christ wasn't raised from the dead then he didn't have power over sin and death and how was he going to be able to raise us someday so we in in uh, who are Christians believe that Jesus did raise from the dead and that he is even at this moment uh, on, at the right hand of the Father now at this point is where a lot of theological discussions come to play where people will discuss the significance of the resurrection and where is Jesus today and why did he have to die and 
all of those things are perfect for a more uh, intense study than what we're going to give in Basic Bible 101. But the point here is that this is what the Bible says happened. It says that Jesus died, was uh, thrown into a tomb and buried, and that on the third day he rose again. We know that at least 500 people saw him after he uh, rose from the grave, and we know that he eventually ascends up into heaven as uh, a multitude of people watched this happen. And so then after Jesus had ascended to heaven, we'll begin the book of Acts, and it will talk about how the Holy Spirit came. And we'll talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit in our next podcast. My point here isn't necessarily to give you specifics on why we believe what we believe, because depending on which uh, branch of the Protestant or Catholic faith you come from, you're going to put a different little spin on why did all this happen. So I'm going to avoid the why question, but encourage you to seek that out, either through your your uh, faith, uh, your church, your um, good teachers. Um, primarily, I think there are some excellent places to learn uh, the significance of the cross and the resurrection. But I do want to say from my perspective, personally, that I believe that when Jesus died on the cross, he died as a payment for my sin. And that because of that, I am forgiven. And all I did to receive that forgiveness was to acknowledge that I was a sinner and to ask that I, that God forgive me because of what Jesus did on the cross. So it's a very simple procedure to become a believer. It's a lot more complicated to understand all that God did in that moment, in that period of time, in that short three days when Jesus died for our sins and rose again. Now, are, there are some other scriptures in the Gospels that talk about, and also in the letters of Paul, that talk about Jesus um, descending into hell and preaching to the captives. All of that, I think, is great for a more in-depth study, and so you might really want to go back and read some um, passages that have to do with that. And just look in your Bible's concordance, which is the part at the back that just uh, follows different themes, and just look a particular word up, and then it will show you all the places that that word appears in the Bible. Okay, so our, for our study today, we're going to conclude with the understanding that Jesus rose again, and that he is now in heaven at the right hand of the Father, and that the new church is uh, preparing for the coming of a special comforter or the Holy Spirit. Okay, so at this point I want to conclude our study of the Gospels and hope that you have seen from this uh, study of the Gospels uh, who Jesus was and what he did and how he lived and what the prophets said about him. And now we're at the point where we see the stories of how he died and how he raised back from the dead and then how he ascended to heaven. And so it really is up to you to decide. And I would encourage you that if you need to go back and reread some of this again and, and sort it out, well, that's awesome. Do it. Okay. Um, usually it's at, it's at this time if I'm teaching a class that I will invite people to share how they came to the conclusion that Jesus was did die for their sins and how they they were able to accept and uh, ask God for forgiveness and accept that uh, that forgiveness that was purchased for us and so uh, I would I would encourage you to take some time to do just that if you are teaching this in uh, through a small group or um, with some of your fellow believers have been going through this on your own. One last 
uh, instruction that Jesus gave his disciples is found in Matthew 28, beginning with verse 16. Here Jesus is meeting with his disciples up on the side of a mountain. And uh, he tells them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We call this passage the Great Commission because it's where Jesus gives his disciples their final instruction, that they are to share what they've seen, tell the stories that they have lived through, proclaim the things that Jesus proclaimed, and uh, to, to make disciples and, and to baptize. Uh, and so, and his promise that he will always be with us. Now the thing is, because Jesus was a physical being and went to heaven, he knew that, uh, remember he had said, I am going to send the Holy Spirit. The Comforter is what he refers to it as, but in Acts, next week, we'll talk about it as um, more the Holy Spirit. When Christians talk about the Holy Spirit, I know it kind of frightens non-Christians. I know they kind of think, what in the world? Or they'll say the Holy Ghost, like it should be something that should frighten us. But what we are getting at as Christians is that there is a sense of the Spirit of God all around us and that when we are a Christian we can tap into that Spirit because that Spirit has been given for our direction and our comfort and as a um, intercessor to God for of our prayers because sometimes you know we don't know how to pray I know a lot of people have problems praying and they just want to, somebody else to pray for them or they just want to pray a recite a prayer that's been written but the thing is whatever you pray even if it's just as if you were talking to your best friend you just tell God the same story or tell him in whatever words you have the beauty is that the Holy Spirit is the one thing that can make those words that can take them to God and say them the way that you meant them to be said so that's why you don't need to be afraid to pray just pray um, I know a lot of people are nervous about praying out loud and in basic Bible we never ask anybody to pray out loud in our classes but if you're taking this as part of a group I'm hoping that your group leader from time to time says would anybody like to pray and I want to encourage you that when that opportunity comes up to take it because it's hard to pray out loud but the more you do it the, the more comfortable you will get at it and what it does is it allows other believers to listen in on your talk with God and to share the words that you're sharing with God and so um, it's kind of a, a very neat bonding experience and at the same time it's a good discipline to get in the habit of praying and praying out loud quite a bit shorter than last the last podcast but that's because this is the one that's so exciting that is Jesus risen from the dead and all the hope and all of the faith and all the things Jesus promised uh, culminate in his returning from the, the grave Okay, things, points to remember about this lesson. First, that Jesus didn't stay dead, that he appeared first to Mary, then to two disciples, then more of his disciples, then to Thomas, then to many, many people. Because Jesus died for our sins and conquered even death, we can be confident of forgiveness of sin and eternal life if we believe in him. Uh, remember, it's, there's a responsibility on your part too, to, to say with your mouth that Jesus is the Christ and to believe in your heart and those are the things that are essential to being a Christian to having eternal life uh, three Jesus resurrected body was real it was touchable it could digest food because remember he's eating with with Peter 
So it might give us a little kind of inkling of what our resurrected bodies will be like when we, uh, after we die and, and are taken to heaven. And then our responsibility as followers of Christ is to make disciples. That uh, it's not enough to just be a Christian. Um, I mean, it is enough for God, but his command to us, and if we're going to be obedient to his command, is to reach out to other people and share what we believe. And people will accept it, some will accept it, some will not, and that is totally up to the individual. But our responsibility is to share. Okay, so for our next podcast, we are going to begin the study of the early church. For As we're covering the book of Acts, we will cover that pretty much chronologically right straight through it. So I would encourage you for the next podcast to read as much of the book of Acts as you can. Because wherever you stop, you can bet that whenever we stop, we'll pick up again with the next podcast. Uh, The book of Acts pretty much takes us through the history of the early church. Now along the way, we will stop and look at some other personalities that show up. Paul, for one. I know you've heard of Paul. Uh, St. Paul, as some would refer to him as, uh, if you're in the uh, Catholic persuasion. Uh, but Paul was a latecomer to believing in Christ. Uh, at the time that Jesus walked on the earth, we don't really know much about what P- Paul was doing, but we know he didn't. He was uh, a Pharisee and wasn't very pleased with Jesus at all. And after Jesus rose again and ascended into heaven, Uh, many of the Pharisees are even more mad. They're even more furious at the disciples. And so they decide to start persecuting them. And so we will talk about that in our next podcast. So if you have more questions about this, remember you can email me at margie, M-A-R-G-I-E, at basicbible101.com. You can go to the website. Or you can now, I also have a blog up there. So if you want to comment on some of the things, uh, I think it's Blogspot or something like that, uh, Basic Bible 101. So uh, by all means, take whatever resources are available on the site and in the different, uh, through the workbook if you have it. And if you would like to lead a group through this, the Leader's Guide for the New Testament We'll be ready shortly. Uh, I had set my goal as the 1st of August, and I'm not really quite sure if we'll get it out by then, but I'm going to try because I really did want to be able to give you all of the tools that you will need to take uh, a group of believers or potential believers uh, through the New Testament, just as we have with the Old Testament. Well, I want to say thank you for listening to the podcast. I encourage you to keep on with the homework and your readings. And as I say every week, may you be richly blessed. Mm -hmm.